1: And welcome to the Alouettes Flight Deck podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouettes football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with my co-host, Cliffy D. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. Um, we were hoping to have a, a um, somebody on the pod tonight, but it just it fell through. Uh, but we will try again, uh, obviously, for the next show or the next show or the next show, whoever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. But we just wanted to let, you know, be totally upfront that we did try to get somebody on this week. Uh, but uh, things happen, right, Cliff? Things happen.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, we you try to schedule things, and even though we're not live or anything like that, and uh, you know, we're still kind of on the you know the lower end of the totem pole when it comes to Montreal media, and I get that. So uh, you know, it is what it is. And I, of course, have no hard feelings or anything like that. No. But, uh, you and I, Tim, we're just going to have the show, and we'll we'll chat up Alouette stuff, and uh, hopefully next week uh, we can uh, knock it out with an amazing guest.
1: Well, well, <laughs> well, it won't be for you next week. That's for sure, because <laughs> we, we have still have to figure out what we're going to do. I, I, could, I should just give out a random poll. You know, Cliff next week, lucky him and his significant other, will be heading overseas, and uh, you know he's fi- been, finally been deported, um, so uh, we're going to have an opening. No. Uh, Cliff is going on a vacay, someplace that I wanted to go, and um, yes. I wish I were going. Uh, I would probably suffocate. And freeze in your, uh, in your suitcase and in your luggage. Um, I wouldn't have any snacks. Um, I could hang around with the dogs if they're already in the hold. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cliff's going, uh, you're going away. Uh, for, and we're still trying to figure out the logistics because, dude, uh, and I'm going to say this openly because I hope somebody does comment on this. <laughs> uh, there's no reason for you to call in at one o'clock in the morning. Where you're going to be? Just do the show. I will be fine. I promise, Dad. You, I will not have a party at the house. I promise. I have all my friends are away. There's not, not going to be anybody around. They're all going to be doing their homework. We'll figure. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. As I said, I, I just want you to have fun. I know you said. I think um, uh, Mistress Kayla did it over at Empire, you know, the Empire Pod. But that was even. I think even later in the morning. For her,
0: if I remember correctly. Well, there you go. If Kayla, who I've got much respect for, can man up or I guess woman up <laughs> and do this, then I, I don't see any reason why I can't as well. I'll sleep on the plane, or I'll try to, anyways. So don't worry about it. Oh, well, no, okay. Yes.
1: Are you the type of uh, of travelers who don't sleep on the on the plane?
0: I do. I cannot sleep in any moving vehicle.
1: What about a uh, via train to Ottawa? Nope. Really? Can't do it. I don't get it. Put me on one of those, put me on one of those, uh, uh those exo, you know, commuter trains here in Montreal and like I did before, I'd done for six years and I, I'll, I'll crash. I don't, I, I just, I just sleep. It's the same thing with the plane. I don't see how you can do it when you're traveling such a far distance that you can't sleep on a plane. Uh,
0: I, I envy people that can do it, man. It's, uh, I, I'd be so thrilled if I can like, even just get like, uh, like a couple of winks, just, a bit of a nap even i'd be thrilled but i I just can't do it i really can't do it i you know it's just it's it's just not in my nature so i and the
1: uh and the the significant other can she
0: uh i don't know i you
1: don't know is it it's not the first time you've been on the plane before have you together no okay i was about to say so you don't pay attention if she crashes
0: well it's also not very long flights either so Uh, yeah that's that's fair that's fair.
1: Well, well, I mean, you can still grab a snooze if you're if you're heading to Grey Cup at Calgary, or Vancouver, or something like that.
0: Uh, could not, do, but not, uh, not Cliff. Nope, not me. <laughs> I don't know
1: how you I, do it, man. Just just take a take a valium, take a uh, take a gra- gravel, gravel knock you out right out.
0: I mean, I've tried these things, and it just doesn't uh, it doesn't work. Uh, I, it's too bad. The, was it the CBD? I think it's called. Yeah. Not not, not that I'm implying that uh, you know using any sort of narcotics or anything like that, or
1: but hey, it doesn't make you high. Well,
0: uh, but also relaxes. Uh, I've been told it relaxes it you does. as well. No, that's so. I mean. It
1: doesn't make you high, and and it's yeah, exactly. It's a, like a quote-unquote natural way of chilling, yeah, w- and without at, taking Valium or. You
0: know, well, yeah. it, apparently Gronk, uh, Rob Gronk, Gronk, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, has been uh, uh, advocating this now for some time. He says it's changed his life. I mean, who, who are you to doubt Gronk? I mean, wow, wow! I know, I know, Patriot fan uh, or Patriot hater over here is yes. not going to uh, appreciate it. What, but-
1: what do you mean? Me too. Um, <laughs> 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 um, wrong sport, uh, but yeah. So we'll we'll figure something out for next week, um, whether he Cliff joins us just for a short segment or whatever. We'll we'll figure something out. So, um, but um, besides that, there is some news that we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes about you know the. The prices cliff for the 2020 uh, Montreal Winter Season tickets came out. Interesting. Um, I didn't think that they came out so soon, but I guess they did. Uh, I don't remember last I, I, year. I've just I've I just I it.
0: think that the team was actually pretty wise to kind of capitalize on that now, knowing how well the team had been playing in, yeah. in recent weeks. And there's a there's I think positive they did it last momentum year too. But I don't remember. But. Well, tell you what, it's a lot easier to sell this team as far as season tickets goes as it was for the team of last year or the year before i mean this is the time to buy in and i I think people i I think the alouettes uh, organization is trying to capitalize on that which is a a smart move as far as i'm concerned because especially if the alouettes can come out and win and get in the playoffs i mean you're just gonna keep building that good momentum and yeah people that i've said it numerous times winning fixes everything Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no and that's,
0: that's true and and sure enough uh you know win a few games here and there and you start building that momentum and people start believing in this team. And yeah, it makes it a lot, a lot easier for them to, to plunk down like, you know, four or five, $600 worth of season tickets and say, yeah, I'm in, I want to be a part of this. I see, I like where this team is going. I want to be there for every single game. I do not want to miss a thing. So yeah, yeah, I can see why the yellows are cap- trying to capitalize on that, trying to, uh, I guess, uh, invoke, uh, emotions from people. And, uh, See if they can get, get on board for next year, and why not? Because the way the Yellowettes are built right now, this is a team that, barring a catastrophic injury or two, I, th- I think they're they're on a great path right now. So why not take advantage of this? And uh, yeah, get people to come and uh, go all in on this team.
1: They, oh yeah, for sure. Now speaking of wins and losses, the Owls this past week, um, it, I I was I would for Owls fans I would call it a heartbreaker. I would call it a heartbreaker. Um, I mean, this is wow. This is probably one of the most competitive games that the Alouettes have played all year. And I think even the guys who were who were calling the game for TSN were, were I think, were were saying that just the exact same thing too. You know, it, it wasn't at times it wasn't pretty, um, but it had it had everything that any CFL game usually does. Mm. Um, you know, the ups to downs, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, the unfortunately the Owls. Came away uh, with a loss, 25-27. Um, you know, I think us talking about going farther with the the streak last week, I think we kind of jinxed it because, you know, both times this year, you know, we've had three-game winning streaks we've lost. And I hope that doesn't bode for what's going to be coming up this week because it seems to be it's been a, a year of streaks for the Owls, and it's always gone two and three, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, I think there were a lot of missed opportunities, especially in the first half. And I think, um, Vernon Adams stated that, um, also in another, it, whether it be win or loss and, and another epic, uh, post game, uh, chat locker room chat with the team, um, Gahari Jones, you know, he, he said it, it, it happens. Let's, let's move on. They did good things, bad things. I mean, he was, and he pointed it out, you know, but it, it was again it was the the team i think there were points where they should have gotten more points than actually did and and, and again at least the team knows that that's that's what they what they should have done right
0: absolutely there definitely were a lot of opportunities i simply stated even if just one of those uh three field goals that boris betty kicked in the first half if one of those were a touchdown we'd be talking about a completely different game altogether yeah and that's the thing with the alouette's team is just the inability to finish drives that's the one thing that just kind of I'd say it costs them this game in particular because you're going into a hostile environment like the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders' home uh, Mosaic Place or Mosaic Stadium, I should say, and you can't just kick your way to success there. I mean, you got to eventually put points on the board. And yes, eventually Vernon Adams was able to find the end zone. Uh, Gino Lewis had a fantastic game. Did he ever? I, I mean, like just he was all over the place. He was catching balls left, right, and center, and the team was making things happen. Eventually, but I mean, once again, it was just one of those things where the slow start really caught up to you and Saskatchewan was able to hang tough. And if you give these guys any chance, they're going to take it. I mean, Cody Fajardo, he literally put the team on his back yeah, and yeah. willed them to victory, just like Vernon Adams does with the Alouettes. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like these are two stud quarterbacks that have really taken on a major leadership role and they've embraced it. They've they've bought in. To whatever their head coach is selling. And you can't bet against these guys. That That's what it came down to. And this was as much of a nail biter as one could hope for and expect, especially too, like Montreal and Saskatchewan for years. These guys, it hasn't been, I wouldn't necessarily call it a rivalry, but it's always been an entertaining matchup. Every time these two teams get together, you know, you're going to be entertained I'll, nine times out of ten,
1: and it always seems to be in the bigger games later in the season too. Whether or, I mean, we've had you know we had the two the back to back great Cups, we had the, that infamous uh, nutball overtime game at the beginning of the of the twenty twenty ten season twenty ten season in Saskatchewan. We've had this one here, and it's we had the the infamous uh, I'm going to call it the infamous asterisk game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, with a game that was uh, uh stopped prematurely um but yeah it's it's you know considering what the alouettes had to deal with too because there were some when we talked about it, I think briefly last week too is that the alouettes were dealing actually with some you know some injuries that they had to overcome and, and one of the bigger ones was specifically at kickoffs because Shakir Ryan um, unbeknownst to me being placed on the sixth game, because I know we mentioned that he was, he was hurt, I think, with a a, lower, uh, with a leg injury. He's on, now, he's on the sixth game, and Quan Bray took over. But the, mm-hmm. but the problem was, is that, and I think the comment that was made by the TSN broadcasters that yeah, he didn't set his alarm, or something, something, something to that effect, because his first two chances were like he was playing hot potato, I, I, I was like, oh, and the Owls were lucky to come away with not giving away a single point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, like, definitely shaky. He definitely looked like he just was not ready for the moment. Like, I don't know if it was just, I don't know how much preparation went into uh, the kickoffs. If uh, Shakir Ryan had taken any uh, actual snaps in practice and then they decided to go with Quan Bray. So he maybe was cold. He didn't really know what to expect. But, uh, yeah, to bobble not one but two punts like that, I mean, yeesh, that, uh, that did not bode well for Quan. And he's been having a great season. So it just it, it, it's unfortunate because I'm hoping people don't think solely just because of that, that the Alouettes lost. I mean, it didn't help the cause, but, I mean, it just it, it, it made for a very challenging uh, special teams uh, night for the Alouettes.
1: Oh, for, for sure. And, uh, running back wise, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, Shakir Murray Lawrence, uh, was stepping in, uh, and, uh, to be the, to, to the, to be the backup quarter, uh, backup, why? Uh, damn running back, running back capper, uh, you know, behind William Stanbeck and he did an okay job, but I just, it, it just seemed that, I mean, Stanbeck got the carries 57 yards, 4.8 average, but, uh, you know it it seemed at one point I don't know that they didn't go to him as often as I thought they were going to I mean considering William William Powell had a great game I mean this is a totally different dude than when he was in Montreal a couple of weeks back so um, so we're having uh, are, Is there any update yet by the way for um, update huh
0: for, for Shakir yeah
1: uh, no no not for Shakir but for um, uh, again yeah, thank our other uh, running back
0: Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah,
1: sorry, that's it. <laughs> I was about to call him Johnson Jeremiah. I was like, no, no, that's not his name. Have you heard any <laughs> no. update yet?
0: Uh, nothing yet. Uh, nothing's uh, changed. As far as I know, he's still day-to-day, and uh, more than likely will be a game-time decision on, uh, on Saturday. So uh, hopefully uh, things will be uh, – uh, that's the thing with concussion protocol is you just never know. Like sometimes people recover from concussions, no problem. But I think now the trend more is to – really play it safe. And if it means missing two games, like for example, Vernon Adams, like he, he was out for, I guess, well, I guess a game and a half technically before he was ready to go. But uh, yeah, uh, that's just how it is sometimes with concussions. You just never know what to expect. Uh, so hopefully Jeremiah, I hope he's feeling better. Uh, hopefully he'll get a chance to get back into the swing of things. But uh, if the Whats want to take your time with him, I'm okay with that too, because Shaq Marie Lawrence, Uh, he's still a young man. He's that's the thing. He's still a young man. He still has good burst. And I I think once he really gets the, uh, really gets the playbook down and everything like that, and I'm sure like practice this week, he's going to be getting a lot more attention. I mean, not to take anything away from Standback because again, he is still the premier tailback on this team. But uh, if Shaq Murray Lawrence can come in and just give that relief, kind of like what Jeremiah Johnson was doing, then uh, again, why not focus more on the ground game? That's, it's one of those things that the Alouettes kind of got away from a little bit because of the injury to stand back. but again, once they realize, hey, we got a pretty good running back here in Jeremiah Johnson, who's to say Lightning can't strike twice with uh, Shaquille Murray Lawrence? Although, right. let's, I mean, he's still young. He's still uh, still got lots of leg. Give him the chance to run with the rock a little bit, and uh, I, I think he'd be pleasantly surprised.
1: Yeah, as like I say, those three uh, the first, you know, the Owls' uh, first three scores were they were just so close dude they were just so at Vernon was doing well too it's just they just weren't able to capitalize and and other than go for a a field goal try on each of those things it's but you know also too it just seemed at points that the Alouettes defense wasn't able to stop you know Cody Fajardo at all I mean I mean even though Vernon really and the Al's really dominated this game stats wise they just weren't able to get everything together and, and able to stop Saskatchewan when they really needed to, like and they have in, in, in weeks past.
0: No, I agree. It felt more like they were just keeping them at bay and hoping they wouldn't figure out how to get into the end zone. But that's the thing. Like As I said, you cannot let a team like Saskatchewan, especially the way they've been playing over the past few weeks. I mean, let's not forget they came off a six-game winning streak before they finally got derailed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at the Banjo Bowl. Yeah. So you know they were coming in already just with a bit of a chip on their shoulder and looking to get— uh, looking to, to safe face again. Uh, man, I tell you, this uh, this team is, is, they're a really good team. There's, there's just no two ways about it. And what I, I really came away very impressed with is the respect now that the Alouettes are getting, especially from teams like Saskatchewan. Like, they know that they had to work extra hard to be able to compete with Montreal and eventually overtake them. So, again, folks, like, this could be a this. Everybody's talking about like Hamilton, Calgary, or Winnipeg as like you know potential Grey Cup matchups. But uh, folks do not sleep on the Alouettes and the Rough Riders making noise in their respective divisions. And I know like everybody's talking about the fact that ten year it was ten years ago this year that it was Montreal versus Saskatchewan in the two thousand nine Grey Cup, which was held in Calgary. Yep. And I know a lot of people want to see, would love to see that particular matchup one more time. But I, I, again, that's that's what's crazy about this is uh, these are teams that you would not be shocked to see in the Grey Cup in in, in late no, in late November. So uh, I tell you what, like this, there, you, that's what I think that's what made this game so disappointing for Alouettes fans was it was a winnable game and they didn't do it. They came up short, and I guess uh, the only thing I could think about is that game against Calgary a few weeks ago where Montreal pulled it out. Had they not done that, had Montreal lost, I think how fans are feeling right now is probably how they would have felt back then. Just that, that just the, the feeling of letting an opportunity slip by. And what made it even more disheartening was the fact that Hamilton went out to Calgary and lost. So Montreal could have gained ground, just a little bit of ground. Yeah. In the Eastern Division, and unfortunately, once again, that opportunity just slipped through their fingers.
1: And that, that and I wanted to talk about that too. And that, and I guess we'll get back to the game. And then that's what really frustrated. I mentioned, on, I think I mentioned on social media, is that it just, just the while, they, while the Owls have gotten better. You know, this is a better team. You know, I mean, look how many wins that we have currently at this time of the year compared to last year. Mm-hmm. That um, the Owls still have not been able to win those must-win games. Every time that this team has gone on a losing streak just this year, it's always been it always been you know they I have never been able to go ahead and uh gain ground on Hamilton when Hamilton has lost. And that's happened I think twice this year already. Has to be yeah had, yeah two two game losing streaks. Yeah, it's happened twice this year already. Mm-hmm. So it, and I think that's what's just so frustrating is that we've seen this from the Alouettes for years on end, not being able to take advantage. This is not a, a, You know, this is, as I said, it's a better team, but they just, there's some other things they still need to get better at. And taking advantage of these must win games, you know, the Owls had two games in hand, Mm -hmm. but they, so far, they've let one slip away. I mean, what's going to happen when they come to the last home game of the year for the Alouettes versus Hamilton? Where are the Alouettes going to be? Are they going to be in the thick of it? Because if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) I can't believe they've already put it out, but the league has already put out Hamilton can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. I don't remember what the scenarios are, but three teams can clinch playoff spots this weekend. Yep. So the Alouettes have to be close. I think they're still, They're still six points, what still six points out, right?
0: Yes. Six points out of first place. Yeah.
1: So that, And that's what's so frustrating. They had a chance to pull within four, considering who they play the next couple of games.
0: Yeah. And I said, this was going to be a very tough stretch for the Alouettes. Uh, I mean, BC, like they're going to BC next week. And even though BC right now, it's, uh, it hasn't been a great season for them they've made a couple of moves and they're starting to finally turn a corner a little bit. So, I mean, like that anyone who thought that, anyone who thinks that uh, next uh, playing, going into BC, playing that particular lines team, thinking it's going to be a walk in the park. Uh, uh-uh. oh, I mean, so you, it, it, you saw what it was a couple of weeks, two weeks ago. It wasn't the same ex- thing. Exactly. Like that's, uh, and that, that was here in Montreal where you yeah. know, this, this team has a decided advantage, but, uh, I don't have to remind people about the history of the Montreal Alouettes going out to BC Place, just how w- well they do or don't do out there. So I mean, like that next week's game against BC in BC is not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. No. And then you're playing Winnipeg this Saturday, and then in two, I think two or three weeks you play Winnipeg or no, sorry, you play uh, Calgary, and they're going to be pissed off because. You know they they lost that match that thrilling match in double overtime a, a few weeks ago.
1: Here are the next, here are the next four games. I know we really skipped ahead. going to talk about the game. Order. Then hear the next four games: home versus Winnipeg at BC, home versus Calgary at Winnipeg.
0: Hmm. I mean, in, that for, is... for
1: the Alouettes to be in the thick of things to possibly win the East, the Owls need to go three and one, if not four and zero. Oh, yeah. To do, to be able to catch up to Hamilton but they got to get some some help from Hamilton obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um uh, Vernon Adams did okay, I mean, I mean 344 yards, another 300-yard game for Vernon Adams. I mean, 61% of his passes were completed. Uh standback led the team with 57 yards. Uh Eugene Lewis, it's it's hard to see a hundred a great 130-yard receiving game go by the wayside because of, you know, when you lose. It really does suck. But mm-hmm. I think one of the good things too is it looked like they brought him in slowly. Chris Matthews got his first catch. It seems to be that we have two two guys now that know how to jump up and get that ball right at the top, the right right when they need to, um, in order to come down with the with the receptions.
0: Oh yeah, talk about like making a a debut like Chris Matthews. What an absolutely gorgeous play that was! I I believe it was for forty three yards. A beautiful catch from from Vernon Adams. Yeah, I tell you what, like that's that's the kind of thing that gets you excited, knowing that the made a move like that and seeing it pay off almost instantly. And again, I, I saw there was a lot of double coverage on Matthew. So the writers knew enough, like even though he hasn't had the, the best season so far in, in Winnipeg and was just making Gonzalo's debut this past Saturday, they respected him enough that they, they got in his face and made sure that uh, he they took away his uh, ability to be a target for Vernon Adams. So you know that teams are paying attention. And again, that just opened up things more for other re- receivers like uh, Eugene Lewis, for example, having yeah. a monster game. If yeah. Posey still making outstanding plays. And then of course you got the guys like Quan Bray and Jake Wineki. I mean, like this receiving core is nothing short of incredible and they make plays happen. Like that's the great part is they are definitely in sync with Vernon Adams. There's no question about that. I mean, yes, he doesn't complete every single pass, but you can see the efforts there. You can see that, they're making they're making the plays that are necessary mm-hmm. to at least get stuff going, and more often than not, they will find the end zone. And so I'm I'm really I'm really curious to see how Chris Matthews is going to play this Saturday against his former team. That's going to be an interesting I guess, battle, yeah, I think.
1: That's true too. Um, Quanberry and Posey each had 73 yards receiving, but I, I so even though he had 73 yards, I would still say for Quan it was not it was probably one of his worst quote unquote worst games as an Alouette because um he just couldn't catch a thing and the pass that that he dropped could easily have equated more points for the alouettes and possibly given us that win but it, it just seemed it was just not his day even though he ended up said, as i said he ended up getting a four uh four catches for 73 yards
0: yeah, I mean, when he was on, he was on. But unfortunately, it's the more is the miscues on his part that, unfortunately, everybody's going to remember and associate with the loss. Uh, you talk about the two muffed uh, kick return attempts. And yeah, that that pass that just sort of sailed over his head, and he just couldn't quite bring it in, and uh, which ultimately led to, uh, uh, as far as I was concerned, this is the Rough Riders taking the momentum and keeping it for the most part. Oh, Even yeah. though Montreal did score another touchdown on the, the ensuing series, the, the they mu- still had the momentum. Like they still had, they were in control of this match by and large. Was that, was that when the muff punt occurred? Uh, no. I'm trying to remember
1: when that occurred. Anyway, that didn't help either, by the way.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. It was when the, uh, sorry, when, uh, Marty, Marty, Bernard, uh, yeah. sort of missed A- his target. Ah, <laughs> uh, he, he airmailed it. Yeah. Uh, well and also too we learned that he was he's been playing he was playing hurt throughout the match and exactly. ended up being replaced by DJ Lalama Lalama as far as uh, long snapper goes. Yeah. I mean that's the thing with long snappers is you don't you don't appreciate them until so you don't have them. Because if your long snapper is doing his job properly, you have no idea. It's when he's not doing his job or he's not in the lineup and someone else is making those crazy snaps and high snaps and all over the place. That's where you realize the importance of a, a guy like a Martin Bernard, and it's uh, it's clear he may, I don't know what exactly got hurt but uh, something wasn't right with that that snap and thankfully Beta was able to recover the ball and prevent it from being intercepted or recovered as a fumble but yeah uh, unfortunately at that point uh, Fajardo and the uh, the the rough riders were able to take over and p- put it in i think two plays later they they scored a touchdown
1: yeah that was the remember, was that the rushing touchdown or was that the the one by fajardo i'm trying to remember here
0: it, it was a rushing touchdown by
1: Powell. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. His 19-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah. 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 So it. Yeah. I mean, they, they did everything they could. I mean, they were sure they were down at halftime. Uh, went ahead. Um, you know, two-point converts when they needed to, and you know, it's, it's just a, a back-and-forth game. I mean, it was it was a tough. My it was a tough loss, but I mean, uh, I, I think the team did okay. I think the team just needs to determine what's going to happen when it comes to returns because. Uh, you know, kickoff returns ended up being both Quan and uh uh, uh Shaquille Murray Lawrence. Uh Greg Reed had an uh, had a very good missed field goal return of twenty eight yards, uh, but he also did one punt return too. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to know what's gonna happen this week. We'll have to watch the uh uh when it when the uh you know when the rosters come out for the game where who is slotted in what spots. So <clears throat> we'll have to we'll have to go from there. Um I'm trying to think of besides the, uh, I mean, the defense did well, but they just what didn't do well enough. I, I felt at times it just seemed, especially one of those things on that touchdown, that 19-yard touchdown, the hole was huge. Mm-hmm. The hole was huge for Powell. I don't. It was just he was gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, and some of the tackling too. I mean, yeah. we've we've been talking about this for several weeks now. Is just the tackling on this Alouettes team. When they're on, it's great, but there are times where they just, they're whiffing more than anything else. And it, it hurts to watch. It's just painful to see just a, a half hearted attempt at a tackle. And then you wonder why the guy walks into the end zone practically unscathed. I mean, that's uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. And again, I'm certainly not trying to, you know, bag on these guys unnecessarily. But, but I mean, the tackling, I, it's just one of those things that just feels like football 101. Like you got make and finish your tackles. And th- there are times when the Alouettes do it and it's great, but there's times when they don't. And that seems to be when they get torched more often than not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the defense, uh, Hinnick Momba led the team with eight tackles. Um, second was to a Bola combo. Uh, there are a couple of players at four, uh, Tommy Campbell, Greg Reed. Um, one last thing to talk about the game itself before we give our, our grades cliff is the in my opinion the questionable calls on the on the Alowitz last drive. Yes, I understand that he had only had like 17 seconds left to start this drive, but still, in my opinion, um Yes, they needed about thirty yards. The way that the clock is in the CFL, especially into three minutes, even though they didn't have a timeout, was on their side and it could have been done, but I just don't I just think that the the, the plays that were called uh, weren't obviously were not the correct ones.
0: No, it, they re- they really weren't. It's there's just no no other way to to sugarcoat it. It just didn't. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just a matter of Vernon trying too hard to try and just make something happen, try to pull that miracle out, but it just uh, unfortunately it didn't click. And I don't know. I, I I don't believe that they felt in their minds that they were defeated at that point, but uh, and they were just going through emotions, but. No, it uh, it is questionable, to say the least. And, uh, well, again, I I think uh, the the last three minutes, just uh, a lot of things just didn't quite go Montreal's way. And, uh, listen, it happens. That's football for you. Sometimes things work out in your favor. Sometimes they don't. It's it's just the way the game's played sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, As we do every week, we're going to give our our grades for the team uh, this week in Saskatchewan. Cliff, what would you give the
0: Alouettes offense this week i would go b minus because again vernon had himself a a great game uh, passing like like stats wise he had a great game uh he was able to connect with the receivers Uh, i think he did a very good job spreading the ball around he also got the ground game going for the most part uh i think that got a chance to excel a little bit too so i mean it was just little things like i said there's three field goals that were kicked in the first half if just one of those just one of those had been a touchdown, it would have made all the difference. And I think it really would have cha- affected how the all came out in the second half, how they would have played the game a little bit better. And, uh, I mean, by and large, they were doing the job. They just didn't do it enough, or they kind of gave up in certain areas. But I'd, I'd say, yeah, I'd say a B-minus would be a, a fair grade. Yeah. Um yeah
1: I, i'm i'm leaning towards a a little bit towards this i mean great i mean the points the, some of the drives were great but, you know leaving that stuff on the, on the on the field like they did thought it, it was it was really killer in the first half i i'd probably give him a i'd probably give him a uh, closer to a c but i'll go a, 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 can i give a b minus minus
0: <laughs> <laughs> i believe that's a c i believe that's a c plus <laughs>
1: oh okay um what about defense
0: defense i mean I'd probably go a solid C right there because they, they there were times when they played great, but uh, again, it just felt like they were kind of going through the motions more often than not. And as I said, there was some really bad tackling that led to some touchdowns. Uh, I, I mean, there's really not much more I can say about that. I mean, it's uh, just, it's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah I, I would go, I would go with a C. I will go with a C. Um, more middle C than anything else, but it's some things have to be have to be changed, in my opinion.
0: Um, Again, we're not going to dispute the fact that the Elwitz made some nice plays happen. They were able to keep Fajardo and company under control for the most part, but just it was when things started to fall apart just a little bit. Just like you saw the chinks in the armor, yeah. and that's where the C would come from. It's just the fact that they they knew they were getting exposed a little bit and. Didn't seem to adjust like they normally did, and I'm still not seeing them make those outstanding plays for the most part. Like there was no turnovers, uh, there was no uh, like no the only turnover uh, no was, sacks. was
1: the punt? Uh, yeah, Owls, Owls didn't get a single. Yeah, you're right.
0: So I mean, like this defense, like that's that's been their bread and butter all season is just making outstanding plays happen out of nowhere, and we just didn't see that in uh, in Saskatchewan this past Saturday. And yeah, it was just kind of like they were there. They were just sort of. Uh, I don't want to say going through the motions necessarily, but they were just—they were doing their job. But you've come to expect them to do more than their job, and yeah. I guess that's where it came across as a, a little flat, to be honest with you. So that's that's where I'm at. I mean, they, they again—they did their job. It wasn't a, a blowout. They they were very competitive. Yeah, but it
1: was a very competitive game. Very. Like I
0: said, just like, hats off to the the riders. They certainly did what they had to do. They they played this Alouettes team extremely hard, and this game literally could have gone one way or another, and just. Unfortunately, it went Saskatchewan's way for us, and uh, hey, that's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, now too, the uh, Riders sweep the series, the season series. Although, let's be honest, it was only one and a half games played of it, but
1: you yep. know, yep, <laughs> it,
0: it it is what it is. Asterisk I mean, yep, yeah, asterisk all the way. But <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, that's how it is. Is the the Riders are you know two and zero against the Alouettes this year, so. If that doesn't get you excited for the possibility or the hope that these teams meet in the Grey Cup, just for the simple fact, just to get that redemption, just to prove that, hey, this is a team that we can beat. But that's not for us to decide, unfortunately.
1: No, no, oh, no, it is not. Um, do not forget that we are on social media. There are a couple places where you can find us. Possible, uh, The best possible place is over at our Twitter account. That's at Alouette's FL Deck. And you can also go over to our Facebook page, and look us up at... Uh, do, just do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck. Also, if you want to listen to the entire archive of the Alouette's Flight Deck, all 90-plus episodes, uh, yeah, the best place to go over to is www.alouettesflightdeck.ca or head over to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Um, any um, transactions through... Through this, uh, since we are since up to when we are taping tonight, before we talk about news and notes, and then we get to we talk about the the matchup this week versus the versus the Blue Bombers.
0: Not a one, actually. There's no moves made. Uh, no one's been added or deleted from the practice roster just yet. Now that I've said that, of course, watch a whole bunch of moves happen <laughs> the next day. As all of our podcast brothers and sisters know that uh, as soon as you say nothing's happening, boom, that's when something happens. The minute you record the podcast and you post it up there and it goes viral, that's when news happens. So, But as of right now, as of uh, Tuesday evening, as we are recording this, uh, or sorry, Wednesday what evening.
1: What day are oh, you my... on?
0: <laughs> I, I think I must already be jet-lagged for this trip. <laughs> Pre-jet-lagged. <laughs> so, yeah, as, as of Wednesday evening... There have been no uh, major transactions for the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah, I
1: can say that Drakowski reported today. It was, a, by the way, a great story on the uh, uh, with uh, uh, Hinek Mwamba uh, talking about the defense and, and regaining their focus for the for the game this week, especially with uh, especially with their addition back of getting uh, Andrew Harris back. Uh, but he did mention that uh, uh, we mentioned before, Martin Berdard, uh, He did return to practice Wednesday. But Cliff, injured linebacker Chris Akey remains still remains sidelined with a hip injury. Hmm. So, um, when I have to imagine again, uh, when did Shakir Ryan get announced for this for the sixth game? Because I know we talked about it last week, but it's like when the hell is he announce going to the sixth game?
0: Well, I think it was uh, Friday, if I'm not mistaken, Thursday or Friday. So, I mean, once he, as I said, <laughs> once he hit record that's usually when all the crazy stuff goes down and we just don't get made aware of it.
1: You would, you would think though. I mean, it, it's like, we're, we're part of that. Mid, well, I mean, my dad, that's they're only what they're two games in two days in for practice. There's only three games of practice, uh, three days of practice this week. So, uh, they started on, started back again on Tuesday. I'm trying to double check what we're talking about, seeing if there's anything from, uh, if there's anything from DJ, um, mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, According to DJ yesterday, Jeremiah Johnson is back practicing after missing one game.
0: Well, there you go. So that, uh, is always a welcome addition. So, um,
1: other news that came across the wire And by the week. And this really hasn't gotten much traction. This is league news before we talk about the, about the team itself. we forgot to mention it last week. And I don't think anybody's really talked about it much from correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I know you listen to quite a few of the podcasts that are within the, uh, CFL uh, podcast network. Um, has anybody really talked about the, the report about the, the new uh, TV deal with TSN? Has anybody talked about it?
0: Yeah, a couple of the other podcasts have mentioned it. I haven't really gone into major, major detail on it, but uh, it's been mentioned. I okay. mean, it's, okay. it's kind of one of those news things that it kind of got dropped. Uh,
1: well, because it, it, the CFL never really announced it, nor did TSN, right? It, was, it was, a, uh, was a story that was broken over on Three Down Nation, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, no, it was, it? Or it was the local newspaper.
0: Uh, it was a, a local newspaper that broke it, and then Three Down sort of jumped on it and blew it up a little bit for, for CFL fans. And then, uh, yeah, we still haven't gotten anything official, although apparently the word is coming very soon, according to both uh, the CFL and from uh, TSN Bill Media. Apparently the announcement is supposed to be made, and it's supposed to be, uh, you know, just to reiterate the fact that, yes, it's still another, another five-year deal for the, uh, for the league and the— uh, and, and and for TSN,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, 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 Dan Barnes broke the over on on September sixth.
0: Yes. So yeah. So that's uh, let's say, a couple of the other uh, podcasts that did mention it. I just mentioned that, just yeah. sort of almost in path. But uh, and we want to mention it at least
1: so the Alouettes fans who happen may not happen to listen to all the all the podcasts. Um, but it's a, a well well placed well placed source says. The league and uh, the All Sports Television Network have agreed on, on a 6-year deal that runs through the 2025 season and should be worth about $50 million annually to the CFL. Though that number could grow significantly as there will be incentives, rating-based and other uh, rating-based and otherwise written into the contract. Huh. So, yep. and-
0: and also, too, that it also does include RDSs in there as well. So all the uh, the French, all, all the Ottawa's games in French, as well as uh, occasional games featuring other teams uh, being broadcast in in the French language as well.
1: And hey, I mean, for for teams, and we know it's gonna. This this could basically can this the money that's going out to the current teams, and not we don't know if if uh, don't know if Halifax would get a piece of this if they actually say that they're going to be joining. Uh, that's that's an interesting thought actually. I never thought about that. But it, mm. the, currently the way that it is, I mean each team would be getting would be getting close to 10 mil. That, that would that would pay for uh, that would pay for basically two almost two years worth of the salary cap. Yep. So, it, it's ni- it's nice to have the, to show that the that TSN and RDS are to be a partner that pays for the rights. That that's that. I love seeing that. I love seeing that type of thing. (laughs) I love seeing it. So uh, once obviously once more information comes out, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, The other ones this week also Cliff uh, announced the prices for the season tickets for 2020. Um, Very interesting. Um, And I had forgotten that they because you know being a season ticket holder for as long as I have, I had forgotten that they actually released this information almost at the same time last year too. By the looks of things, at least at the moment, Cliff, the the current um, the current portions of the, of the stadium that are that are blocked off will still are still scheduled to be blocked off for next year. Also, until something is determined that you know that they you know if they get more people than based off you know based off on on the winning this year, et cetera, uh, will if they will on uh, they'll take the tarps off or the covers off. But what I found out and. I can't remember from 18 to 19, because usually, as I said, I usually get the the, the early bird special on, on the ticket prices before uh, before the, the clock runs out, so to speak, and it goes to the regular pricing. Um, but prices this year, Cliff, when it comes for Alouette season ticket holders, um, if you are joining for the first time or if you are still currently one um, – it is uh, so for the the, the r- increases go from as high as a four point one percent, and that's the VIP Gold section, Cliff. And this is twenty nineteen versus twenty twenty. Or the orange section, um, this does not include the student orange section, just the regular orange section. Uh, it is at one point nine seven percent increase. So anywhere from we would say two to four percent, the tickets have increased. Mine is just over two, so I guess I, I I ended up getting a standard standard of what is it? Uh, I, I guess the uh, the the Régie de Rhin, uh also is getting their hands in this because it's also just over two percent. So can I contest this? Can I contest how much I, I charge? Maybe I would.
0: I would. I think you, I think you should raise hell.
1: Maybe I can take him to the to the Régie de billier. It's not a thing, but it is now.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. I, 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 I would cause a ruckus. I would. I'd yeah. rival rouse. Yeah, that's right.
1: I mean, all, all the season ticket holders between us, uh, the Canadians, uh, the Impact, you know, fair deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. You'll never, you'll never know unless you try it, Tim.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when you hear this type of thing, though, because I know you, you're you not a season ticket holder. I know you usually go on the, uh, you buy the uh, the packs, the three to five game packs or more. Um, what's your thought on the on the price increase?
0: Well, I again, you have to understand as the league grows and salaries grow and things like that, then yes, of course. Again, the the idea is the team has to make money. Whether it's owned by the league or owned by an actual ownership group, the name of the game here is to be making money. And the Elwets have, depending on who you believe, been losing money over the past few years. Uh, the amounts of money that they've been losing, I have a uh, hard time believing, but yeah, I know. You know, so, so be it if that's the case. Uh, so of course the absolute goal is to try and make a buck or two here and there, or at least be, uh, do enough to cover your expenses if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, it's just one of those things. It, every, the cost of everything's going up, cost of gas, cost of living, your, your rent goes up. Uh, and just, unfortunately salaries more often than not tend to stay the same. So fans have to be a little bit more educated as to how they're going to spend their entertainment dollar. And now they have to wonder, if we're going to invest in this team, are we going to get a return on our investment? Are we going to be treated to good football? It doesn't always have to be winning football, but definitely has to at least be good, entertaining football. And by and large, this year, the Alouettes have provided good, entertaining football. No, they have not won every game. There have been times where fans have gone home disappointed because the Alouettes just didn't quite pull out the W. Or Mother Nature intervenes and decides to cancel the game for us. Yeah. But again, these are all things that are not necessarily within control. But by and large, fans do have been walking out of the stadium content with what they've seen. As a result, they're more than likely going to want to invest in this team and buy those season tickets. So the LWS obviously would be wise to, I would say, profit necessarily from the from the the fan base, but. They have to realize, too, okay, well, we want to keep providing great football for these fans. And if that means we got to be able to secure the rights or the the services of certain players for longer than expected. Because, again, free agency comes around. It's not just a matter of going out and bringing in other teams' players. It's also maintaining and keeping the players that you currently have in the lineup. All, All of this takes money. You've got to be able to sign your guys. And... You know, within the realm of the salary cap, but you still have to be able to make that offer and say, "Hey, we're building something here in Montreal. We want you to be a part of it. Sign on the dotted line." Same thing with the fans. We want you. We're building something special here. We want you to be part of it. Make sure you got your tickets. Don't don't take the chance that uh, you know the game won't be sold out. You may as well, if you like your seats, if you like where you want to sit in a certain section, your best bet is to reserve those seats and know that every single game is yours. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, like, that's the that's the hope, that's the the sales pitch for this AOS team, and yeah, there's going to have to be an occasional increase here and there, that's normal I think uh, pretty much every team has to be going through that, it's just certain teams can't justify these you know, if they're going to be raising their ticket prices, fans just want to see some sort of a return on that, they want to be able to justify spending X number of dollars on season tickets uh, and again, season tickets are not terribly expensive I mean, so many perks, too. I mean, people keep forgetting,
1: you know, uh, that depending on where you're in the levels, you have $250 worth of Al's Bucks, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you have a credit where you can buy upgraded seats, which is exactly what myself and my seatmate are going to be doing this week. You know, or you can buy for other tickets. I mean, not only can you get upgraded seats, but you can also keep your same tickets and and ask somebody to come. Somebody who hasn't come to the game before, hasn't come in a long time.
0: And I think that was part of the idea, too, uh, was with the understanding that you would be using this this bank of uh, Owl's Bucks, as you call it, to encourage fan, uh, people that may be on the fans, people that have never seen a football game, to <laughs> help sell them on the experience, right? Nest egg.
1: That's better for the Alouettes.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Nest yeah. egg. <laughs> I, I see what you did there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can just imagine how many people do not. It, I've heard, I you know, I've talked to some some people in the Elowitz organization, and, I'm, and it just floors me, you know, who have been season ticket reps before, that, that the amount of people that what they don't use, to, it's like they forget, take it advantage. I, Hey, I'm going to be sitting on the 55-yard line this weekend. You know, it's going to be fun. You know, I mean, win or lose. I mean, Cliff, you've been there with me. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like, right? Come rain or shine, it's always a fun game.
0: Exactly. That's, so. There, there's no question. Like, that's how you... And again, this year especially, uh, Tim, have you walked out of that stadium? You've walked out of that stadium, pissed off because of what you saw on the field, correct?
1: Right. Yes, yes.
0: But can you honestly say you've been disappointed in the overall experience?
1: No, it's been hell of a lot better this year.
0: That it, there you go. That's that's the point I've been trying to make is yeah. that fans are walking out of there. I'd say still in good spirits. I mean, yeah, obviously, you want, in a perfect world, yeah, the Alouettes would go nine and zero at home. But we realistically, we know that's not going to happen. No. Sometimes you're going to get the, like they haven't been blown out at home. That's another thing too. Is at least the losses they've had, they've been tightly contested affairs. Or again, weather weather related. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, get off that yeah. unfortunately. But Mastery- but again, related. yeah. But again, every in, in 2019, every Alouettes home game has at least been for the, for the most part a very entertaining it's affair. Entertaining win is, or lose. Yes, yeah, I agree. It's been very entertaining very entertaining. So, again, if, if people are just are still afraid or not sure if they want to invest in this team, if you've been watching at home, you see what this team is capable of doing. You see the direction that they're going in. This is not the dumpster fire of two, three years ago. Things have gotten better. It's not perfect, but things have gotten a lot better. And that's been the goal, is to get better and to be better. Yeah. And I think this team has done that for the most part. So I think if you're, if you're on the fence about whether you want to get season tickets for next year or not, folks, don't yeah, don't, I, don't, I, don't really I think
1: you try it. They're all there. There are many different pricing structures that you can do. And even if you can't like Cliff, because I, I know Cliff, I know you would love to be a season ticket holder, but, but you are also taking advantage of ways where you can see more than one game, you know, so you've taken those flex packs.
0: And to me, that's, that's been the best part of the, the LOS experience is being able to pick and choose as I need, because yes, I, I will always be there at the games, win, lose, or draw, but certain circumstances don't always allow for the actual whole season ticket thing. I mean, if that changes, of course, I'll, I'll change with it. But the great thing about the flex packs is if you know for sure you can't make a certain game, it's not the end of the world. It's not like you feel like you have to throw your tickets away or trying to get rid of them or something like that. With the flex pack, you just you, you know which games you're going to need one or two or three or four tickets for, mm-hmm. and they're right there for the taking. Mm-hmm. And then you just a quick phone call, and boom, you got your tickets for the match, you got your family with you. You're all set. Yeah. You bring your buddies with you to a game, if they, especially if they've ever been to a game before. So easy. Like, just, man, it's there, there's no, no shortage of options as far as I'm concerned no, with I, Montreal Alouettes and their, and just being able to see each and every home game.
1: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, before we get to the game, there are other things that are happening this week for the game. Um, it is uh, a Fan Appreciation Day. Uh, nice to see that they're not doing it the last home game of the season this year but the fan appreciation day they're going to be giving away prizes um, the first 5,000 people if you get there you're going to get yourself a John Bowen bobblehead doll I'm there I'm yep. there also from what I understand if you from what we're seeing from the team is that if you haven't gotten your brand new jersey yet Cliff if you're looking if you're not you're sort of on the fence where that if you already have your blue one or your white one and you want to get the other one the team's offering a forty percent discount on not only jerseys but also on uh, jerseys that are um, that are being uh, customized with the name and number that you want. So,
0: so that's
1: you can't beat that, dude. Forty percent off in the middle of the season?
0: Hell yeah! I mean, that's that's fantastic. Like you said, like we've already got our our home jerseys, so you know that's again that's on us. But I mean. Now, especially too, like fans, if you haven't decided to get yourself a new jersey yet, whether it's put your own name on the back or your favorite player's name on the back, this is a hell of an opportunity to do so right now and save a significant amount of money. And like Tim said, like if you've already got one jersey, but you don't have the other one, once again, prime opportunity to do so without breaking the bank. I mean, 40% off is a That's pretty considerable, yeah. especially too. It's not like you're perhaps just buy the blank jersey. Like you can actually get a jersey made up. And you're still getting forty percent off. Like that's that's terrific. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I I, I know. It, it's so as I said, take advantage of it. Uh let's talk about the game itself, Cliff. Uh the Alouettes are currently uh a, a two and a half point underdog um according to to according to five dimes. And I've I've been logged out. Hold on a second, I will give you what to, I will give you what the numbers say. Um
0: In real time. In real
1: time. Uh uh, as I said, the Alouettes are currently a yeah two and a half point underdog with an over under. In my case, this is low for the CFL, in my opinion, at forty seven points. Forty seven points is that the is the over under for the game. Hmm. Um, we have a, a Blue Bombers team, obviously, that is coming in. They don't have their regular starting quarterback, Matt Nichols. They are having you know they do have their starting running back back, uh, and Andrew Harris. Uh, but this is also an Alouette's team, Cliff, that has lost to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I never thought I'd see this happen or occur. But they have lost the last 10 out of 12 games overall in the series. And at home, Cliff, they have lost the last 8 of 10, including Shh. including 3 in a row.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's uh it hasn't been fun when uh, Winnipeg's come to town, uh, especially last year, uh, because Owls fans have seen already seen Chris Stravler play at Molson Stadium and it was not pretty. Nope. 56 to 10. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you to have your lunch eaten for you like that uh, during the home opener no less. Yeah, yeah.
1: oh god. That's yes. uh, <laughs> a very a
0: very bitter pill to swallow. It did
1: not bode well for the rest of the se- <laughs> road for the rest of the season, dude.
0: That was I, bad. It, it really did not know. Now, let's not forget that team that played in June uh, 2018 was, let's be honest, a dog's breakfast compared to this team, which is m- a marked improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely think they'll play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a lot better. But uh, let's not forget, uh, Chris Revler has been playing it's pretty outstanding football by and large. Uh, they The Bombers h- hung tough with the Riders uh, at the Labor Day Classic. Uh, they were dominant during the Banjo Bowl. And that's the funny thing with this this Bombers team is you just don't know which one you're going to get because there's been times where they've looked absolutely dominant. They've looked like the class of the CFL. And then there's been times where they just get owned by their opponents and you just don't know which team's going to show up. But one person we do know is going to show up is Andrew Harris and he is not going to be in a good mood uh, after being suspended for two games uh, for a controlled substance and possibly tarnishing his uh, MOP season that he was having. I think a lot of the voters now are going to be it, – it's kind of hard to name him as most outstanding yeah. player or even most outstanding Canadian. and He's got this kind of dark cloud hanging overhead. Uh, yeah. So he, he's going to come into this game, I'm sure, pretty pissed off and want to take it on somebody. And, oh, look, a whole bunch of Alouettes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think Montreal's defense is definitely going to get their uh, – they're going to have to earn their keep this week against uh, not just Harris, but the the rest of the Bombers offense.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's the couple of things that the Owls need to do. I mean, obviously the Alouettes are still because of what happened earlier in the season with the passing yards that they gave up. Um, they are probably, you know, still one of the worst, you know, one of the, or near the, near the bottom of the league when it comes to passing yards per game, but the defense is pretty good when it comes to rushing. But, yeah, it's uh, they've got to control strever because we know Strever can also run. That's the thing too. That he is a double threat. But mm-hmm. if you've noticed with Strever though, and he can pass for for, he's won a game this year where he passed for under 100 yards. Yeah. So it's just a matter of what the Alouettes need to do. They just got to shore up that defense, get the return game back to normal if possible this week. And hey, we having both of our ba- our running backs back.
0: It could be very very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we definitely expect that Vernon Adams to air it out, especially too with the the amount of receivers that he has that are in the lineup. But I mean, you cannot ignore the running game at all. I mean, this Winnipeg defense—it's funny. They get it blows my mind just how much uh, Bomber fans hate Richie Hall, the defensive coordinator for the Winnipeg oh, I Blue know, Bombers. I
1: know.
0: Like the, the the just disdain they have for this guy is unbelievable. But my God, the your team is nine and three. Like, like uh, I I don't understand. I fine, maybe they're not all masterpieces, but holy smokes! I mean, what more do you want from a guy? Like uh, he seems to be drawing up some pretty good defensive schemes. And Paul Apollis, uh the offensive coordinator for the the bombers, like he look at what he's done with Strever and when Mac Nichols is playing. Like he knows how to make he knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. And now you throw Andrew Harris back into the mix. Uh, I tell you what. It's, uh, Winnipeg is definitely not a team to be taken lightly by any stretch and I don't think the Alouettes are I think they realize just how important this game is and as you said with this four game stretch that's coming up if the Alouettes can somehow find a way to get to be three and one that would mean they have to beat Winnipeg at least one of those times so the time to do it would be this coming Saturday at least do it at home because you go out to Winnipeg and that's I wouldn't say it's a, a dangerous place to play, but I mean, it's definitely a place you cannot take lightly considering how loud it can get. Montreal gets pretty loud too. So, but this is the thing. you got to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. And I think if, if Kahari can come up with some good schemes, really find a way to balance the attack as much as possible and just keep Winnipeg guessing. And I think that's the thing is they're not going to take Montreal lightly either, but you got to keep them on their toes. you got to keep like the, the, the always have to keep Winnipeg honest at all times, and just find a way just to shut down both Strever and Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I really think too, special teams is going to be a, a factor in this game as well for both teams. Generous uh, Grant, I, I think I pronounced his name right. The kick returner for the uh, the Blue Bombers. This kid's a baller. This kid is just lightning fast, and he has been known to break off a couple of touchdowns too on a kicker and punt returns. So, true. yeah. Like the like special teams is really gonna to have to double up this week. I think we're gonna to have to see them really focus on keeping grant uh, off the score sheet at bay at bay, yes, but definitely keep him at bay, keep him off the score sheet. Do what it takes to just neutralize this guy because and it's funny he was actually on the Ellouwitz negotiation list for a while and I don't know what happened how he got dropped, but uh yeah, this kid can play in the league and you you're just gonna to have to find a way to contain him as well.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. It should be. It should be uh, again. It should be a very interesting game, especially with all the variables. You know, as I said, Harris coming back, and uh, it's there have been a lot of heartbreak recently when it comes to uh, the Alouettes versus uh, you know versus the uh, versus, versus the Bombers. We've had many close games where they could classic and field goals, or the or the game with the Alouettes completely that you know they just completely uh, uh, collapsed in in Winnipeg, and so it's it, it is you know what I, I hate to say it. But, you know, even six and five team, even though where they are in the in the Eastern Division, Cliff, to me, this is still a uh, this uh, is it's a mon- I think it, this is considered a must win game for the Alouettes.
0: Without question, I, I think it well Now I'll go so far as to say every game now is a must win game there. And there are no gimmies either. Like, like even just looking at uh, maybe Ottawa, that might be the only game that's coming up in the next few weeks that I could probably say is a guaranteed win. But that's it. And we're talking like Montreal has to still play Toronto one more time, play BC one more time. Like these were the two dogs of the league for the early part of the season, but they're they're making moves and they've played the they played the Alwets very tough in their their game so far. So yeah, Montreal's going to have to fight. Like Montreal has to really be in the the mindset of the playoffs are now. Like you got to be in that that thought process is that you have to win this game. Like not. Not just come close, you have to finish the job. And I'm hoping this week we see a lot more finished drives and not just with field goals, because field goals are not going to beat teams like Winnipeg or Calgary or even BC. Like You're going to have to really punch people in the face and have complete, decisive victories. And that's really what I want to see from this Elvis teams going forward. Mm-hmm. Competition's great. To be able to say that, yeah, they hung tough with this team, that, that's all well and good, but you need the W's man. You need to be able to say, yeah, we beat their ass and that's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, other
1: than that, the, the game is going to be a, another Saturday afternoon game starts at four o'clock. Uh, again, don't forget to be there early because, uh, of, of the, uh, uh, the giveaway for the bobbleheads. Um, we will keep you apprised of what's going to be happening next week, whether Cliff makes a, an early morning, uh, uh, a visit to the to the flight deck we'll, we'll let you know um but uh other than that cliff i will see you with the game my friend and yes sir yep and for everybody who will be there uh come on by we uh, we want to we'd love to say hey to you whether it be before or after the game um shoot either one of us an email uh sorry a, a message on twitter uh myself is at repact r-e-p-p-a-c-t cliff is at cliffy d um, but if not, we hope to see you here back next week. So for everybody here at the Flight Deck, for Cliffy Day, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off to the great north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great
0: Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.